When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Blazers fans. Welcome to the Blazer Focus Podcast. I am Aaron Fentress, a Blazers writer for the Oregonian and OregonLive.com. I'm sure most of you know or have heard or have seen the uh, little exchange that took place between myself and Damian Lillard following the Blazers win at the Sacramento Kings, which was impressive, by the way. The fact that the Blazers went down 58-38 in the second quarter came back to only trail by three at half or yeah, three at half. And then they fell down be, uh, again by 19 <laughs> and then were able to rally back and take control in the fourth quarter and win the game. So very impressive uh, effort on their part in terms of just finding that resolve, which uh, Lillard talked about uh, in the question I asked him, I asked him about what it said about the team in terms of their ability to come back twice like that. He said they're believing in the defense, believing in each other. They're not splintering off. Uh, they're not um, pointing fingers. They're buying in, and that allowed them to remain calm and focused and just keep doing what they do until they managed to cut that lead and then surpass and defeat the Sacramento Kings. After he answered that question, this happened. I think the, the pace that they play at gave us the opportunity to do that. Thanks. Next question's coming. I also saw your tweets where you was uh saying that it was a backcourt better than me and CJ too. Today? Well, I I don't see how it would be today uh, after this after tonight. But I did. You were saying um, I I raised you were I, saying the Wizards backcourt. I raised it as an option because someone said there was no contest. So I said, well, what about Beal and Westbrook? Next question is coming from Dwight Jeans. Now, through a podcast, you can't see visuals, so you can't see the look he gave me at the end. It was like several seconds after I answered uh, back to him and said that I had presented uh, another option because someone said it was a given that it was Damon CJ in terms of the best backcourt in basketball. And I said, what about Beal and Westbrook? And... Uh, <laughs> He gave me a look, and the look mirrors the look he gave the camera after hitting the three to eliminate the Thunder in the playoffs in 2019. So afterwards, when I thought about it, I thought, okay, is he giving me that look because that's when he eliminated Westbrook, and I'm talking about the potential of a Westbrook-Beal duo being as good or better than Damon CJ. <laughs> Um, so who knows, but it was, it was an interesting situation and a lot of people have had a lot of takes about it. It ended up on sports center, which when I saw it on there that night, as I was working, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> Are you serious? This is on sports center. Uh, but it's one of those things where, you know, if a, if a player kind of calls out a media member, it, you know, it becomes mini drama news, so to speak. So I guess I wasn't too shocked, but just seeing it when I saw it um, was a, you know took me back a little bit. But anyway, it's fine. It's all good. 
the reason why I wanted to talk about this is I, I thought it was a fascinating opportunity to sort of uh, paint a picture of what was happening on my end. Because there's a lot, there's been a lot of just guesswork and speculation and ignorance and some stupidity. Uh, some of the tweets I've received, some of the emails I've received, just things that people just still don't understand about journalists and what our job is. So I thought this would be a good opportunity to a talk about this situation since a lot of people clearly were uh, interested in it, especially Blazer fans who are coming at me left and right. And then just explain, you know, so sort of what truly was going on uh, in my mind at the time this was happening and understand, you know, let me be very clear here. I have zero animosity toward Damian Lillard. Um, He is amazing with the media. Like, Absolutely amazing. I've covered major college football, Oregon. I've covered Pac-12 basketball and football. I've covered MLB and the Mariners, uh, NFL and the Seahawks, uh, and a bunch of other different sports. And this is the first time I've covered the Blazers full-time, which started back in the bubble. Before that, I had covered some events and games here and there while at NBC Sports Northwest mainly. Uh, so I covered Lillard before. I talked to Lillard before. Um but uh, he's amazing with the media. Like he's top five all time on my list by far. Like it's, it's, he might be number one. If I really sat down and thought about it, he's definitely in contention. So, you know, he is entitled to <laughs> want to crack back on me. If he was, if he wants to, he wasn't rude. He wasn't disrespectful. He wasn't belligerent. He wasn't loud. Uh, he gave me that stare. I mean, that stare, <laughs> that's a magical stare. <laughs> the funny thing about that stare too for me is I have a 14 year old son. He gives me that exact same look. If I'm like singing around the house, he'll like look at me that exact same stare and then be like, dad, no, stop it now. Uh, so it was kind of funny, uh, to see that look coming from, uh, Lillard. But anyway, uh, I sort of want to just sort of go through this situation and just sort of let people know and understand and learn, you know, more about what goes into a reporter's evening and how this was such a bizarre situation from my standpoint. First, let's go back and look at how this even became a thing. So on the evening of January 7th, the Blazers defeated Minnesota. Uh, this is a couple of days after they had been upset by Chicago and the sky was falling and some fans were kind of flipping out. And Lillard came out and was extremely aggressive against Minnesota. He said he wanted to be more assertive, and he was. He was 13 of 21, 7 for 12 from 3. He had 39 points, 7 rebounds, and 7 assists. That was arguably his best game of the season to date. So that night at around 11.55 p.m., I saw a tweet from uh, the handle is at 503 Blazer fans for the fans uh, Twitter, a Blazer, obviously a fan site or fan uh, Twitter account. And I'm not sure who the person is. I guess, is there a name on here? Noah Patterson. Okay. He's actually cool. Like some, some of the fan sites I've dealt with in the past are just blazers or ducks can just be ridiculous. And, and this guy is actually cool. And I've, I've challenged him on a few things here and there, and he's always responded respectfully and, you know, made his arguments and I've made mine and, you know, we've shared some laughs and he's, you know, he's a cool dude, cool follow. One of my goals when I took over this beat was to try and, you know, sort of mingle with some of the, the fan Twitter accounts and the fan sites, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, cause I, I think it's fun to interact with them and they're very enthusiastic and they, they tweet a lot of interesting things because they're so into it, uh, from a fan perspective. And sometimes you just deal with people who are just on another planet and it's like, yeah, this person I can't relate to. 
Uh, but then, you know, you get guys like Noah here who's, who's really cool. So he tweets about Damon CJ leading the league in three pointers made through the performance that night in which they both played well. And then someone else responded, uh, Rip City, at Rip City, excuse me, at Bridget 808. And they said, best backcourt in the NBA without a doubt. So whenever I see someone declare something like that and say without a doubt, my antenna goes up. Like it's like, wait a minute, without a doubt. And I, I immediately want to look into it and be like, well, maybe I can find some doubt. That's just my personality, it's just how I am. And it's for me, it's a way I, I learn too. Because if I just read that and go, yeah, okay, fine, I agree, then I just walk away and I agree. But if I actually go do some research and look into it, I'm either gonna discover that they're right or I'm gonna discover a counter argument. And then if I do, I wanna see what they're gonna say. Like part of my thing is I want to challenge someone to convince me they're right. Give me the info that's going to make me believe you're right. And I'm going to throw things at you to see if you can counter it. And if you can, great. And if you can't, great too. Either way, I learned something in the process. That's always been my thing, especially for Similar little debates where I really don't care. Like this is not a dig in my heels type debate. LeBron versus uh, Jordan, I will debate that to the death. <laughs> I'm pro Jordan on that. I've got a suitcase full of uh, ammunition to go to war on that debate. This, eh, I'm just sort of messing around. So they come back, you know, for the fans comes back with Beal has played nicely, but Westbrook hasn't been better than Damon CJ. I point out. Russell Westbrook's averaging a triple-double. Beal leads the league in scoring. Um, So my thing really is not even a matter of if Beal and Westbrook are better. It's that it's not a situation where it's cut and dry. It's not a without a doubt. You can't sit here and tell me that a backcourt that has a guy averaging a triple-double and a guy leading the league in scoring is not in the discussion. That doesn't make any sense to me. That's completely illogical. And one of the things things that's occurred is that since Lillard brought this up on Wednesday night, was that five or six days after it was a thing to begin with, when people throw out the stats now, it's irrelevant to the original discussion because they've played a lot more games since then. They've, they've played, I mean, it's like you're, you're counting stats in the debate that have no bearing on the original debate because the original discussion was, took place the night of January 7th, <laughs> not the night of the 12th or 13th. Actually, it was, you know, that's six days. You, you can't say there's no way that these guys are as good or better on January 13th. You're crazy. Well, but my debate took place the night of January 7th. So that's an entire week. Uh, so I threw out the triple double and leading the league in scoring. He, you know, they came back with, you know, Efficiency, which is a legitimate argument because Westbrook not shooting well this year, uh, way below his career average, five turnovers. McCullum and Dame clearly more efficient, but Beal has been amazing. He had just had 60. Uh, so what I did is I went back and I wanted to look at what the numbers were that night. So listen to this. And this is why this whole thing is preposterous to me that it's not even a debate. Because remember, all my argument was is that there's an argument to be made for someone else. I never said they were better because I didn't care. And and rest assured, had some Wizards fans tweeted out that Beal and Westbrook were without a doubt the best backcourt in the league. 
I would throw at them, what about Damon CJ? <laughs> and then I would have the, the back and forth with them too, because this is an on the fence debate for me. This is like a fat, I call it actually a fast food debate. You know, you, you want, you want a snack or fast food. You're like, what am I going to get a burger, a, a chicken or tacos? It doesn't matter. You're like, flip a coin. Who cares? Just, I want to get something to eat. It doesn't matter. That's how this is. I don't care which side wins or which side I'm arguing. I just want to have the discussion because I want to hear what someone says. Because when I look at these numbers and listen to this at the time of the debate, forget what the stats are now. You go back to that night. Westbrook was averaging 20 points, 11.8 assists, and 10.7 rebounds. I don't care who you are, where you are, who you play for. That is massively productive. Now, you can pick on a shooting percentage if you want. That's great. But he shot 40, 47% last year, right? So, yes, he's struggling early, but does that mean he's not good? Or does that mean he's not playing great right at the moment in terms of efficiency shooting. Beal, 34 points, 4.8 assists, 5.3 rebounds, <laughs> leading the league in scoring. That's massive production. Meanwhile, Lillard actually had been struggling a little bit in a few games until that big night against the T-Wolves. Uh, he was at 27.6 points, 6.6 assists, 4.4 rebounds. And then CJ, who was highly efficient because he was killing it, was at 26.8 points, 5.3 rebounds, and 5.3 assists. So Dame and CJ were combining for 76.1 points, rebounds, and assists. Westbrook and Beal were combining for 87.2 points, rebounds, and assists. So again, how is it not a debate? You can throw out efficiency. You can throw out turnovers. You can throw out win-loss record if you want. That's fine. We can go down that road. But again, how is that not even a discussion? Clearly, it's a discussion. Now, the whole win-loss record thing. Okay, let's examine that. Washington clearly has an inferior team. They're not very good. Plus, Westbrook had been banged up. Clearly, he wasn't shooting well. Uh, the Blazers simply have a better team. There's like, there's no debate there. But the, that's the better team. To just say that that defines the two backcourts is unfair because clearly outside of the two backcourts, the Blazers roster is way better than Washington's. Okay, that's one. Two, here's the other part of this. The parameters of the debate. Some people were saying the discussion is who's better this moment based on the first eight games. Okay, your performance for eight games doesn't determine who's better. It might determine who's off to a better start, who's playing a better stretch. It doesn't mean someone's better. If Mike Trout over a two-week part of the baseball season bats 120 and some other guy bats 380, is that guy better or he's just having a better stretch? We all know Mike Trout's the best guy, best hitter in the game, right? Damian Lillard lit up the bubble. He was the MVP of the bubble. He went in there with a mission to carry his team into the playoffs, and he did that. Does that mean because he had the best performances during the play-in round that he, that he was the best player at the bubble? No, the best player was LeBron James. He just didn't have to do as much as Lillard had to do because his team just had to win the first game of the bus bubble sessions to clinch home court advantage, which is all they cared about. And then they won the championship. So there's a difference between being the best player and having the best stretch. You know, Lillard last year had a crazy stretch where he went off. In 2018, he had that when, when they went 13-0 and and he went ballistic. You know, during that stretch, he was performing at a higher level than anyone. But was he the best player in the league? No, he wasn't better than Durant. He wasn't better than LeBron. So there's a difference. So saying that just because Damon CJ were off to a hot start means they're better is illogical. 
now, especially to say they're flat out better. That just doesn't make any sense to me because I guarantee you when Westbrook gets healthy, his shooting percentage is going to rise. And there's a strong chance that that CJ's three-point percentage, which is the highest of his career, could easily dip. He could have a week-long stretch where he shoots 20%. That easily could happen. Now, to support the idea that Beal and Westbrook could be better, even though maybe they're not as efficient right now, even though their raw total numbers for points, rebounds, and assists are higher, which you could argue, too, that they're playing on a worse team. They have to do more than Dame and CJ have to do combined because they have a better team. That you know That's fair. Um, but the other part of this is where you say, okay, well, let's look at their history. You know, their pedigree, their, their past. Let's look at everything that makes them who they are as players. The two people I'm presenting in this argument are going to be Hall of Famers. Russell Westbrook is a nine time all star. <laughs> He's a nine time all NBA guy. He's a two time scoring champion. He's a former NBA, uh, MVP. He's a two time assist champion. Like the idea that he isn't in any discussion about being in the best backcourt doesn't make any sense. And last year, when you talk about winning last year, he played with Harden in Houston. And I think they were the three seed, weren't they? Three or four seed. I can't remember, but they had a better record than Portland while Damian Lillard had his career year. So he, Damian Lillard had a career year and the team was under 500. Westbrook went 27, seven and seven playing with Harden and they had a better record and they went to the second round and lost to the Lakers. Right. So if we're making it all about winning, why are we not counting that year? Also, Westbrook has been to the finals before. Oh, we play with Durant. Well, you're right. If Lillard played with Durant, he'd have a title right now. You're absolutely correct. But again, he still won. He still accomplished these things. It's not like I'm saying that, you know, Alfred Payton and and RJ Barrett or Kobe White and Zach Levine, like Russell Westbrook is a Hall of Famer. So to tell me that there's just no discussion, it's just it's ridiculous. Um, Bradley Beal is a two-time All-Star. C.J. McCollum has never been an All-Star. I think he's going to be this year, but he's never been one yet. So collectively, between the two, they have 11 All-Star appearances, whereas Lillard has five All-Star appearances and C.J. has none. So if we're counting history, if we're counting their all-time career, there's no doubt which duo has had more accolades. Now, to be fair, that doesn't mean that Lillard and CJ aren't better now. It's just a matter of how we're going to calculate this. So like I said before, if someone said Beal and Westbrook were way better than Damon CJ and then threw at me, well, they have 11 all-star appearances and CJ's never made an all-star game. Well, I could come back with, okay, that's fine, but who's better right now? (laughs) Like that argument can be made and I'm fine with that, but it doesn't mean that no argument can be made the other way. You can make arguments both directions, which was my point to begin with. All right. So now we get back to the situation with Lillard. So remember, I had this discussion and it was over and done with. I even ended it when uh, my man 503 uh, talked about uh, what was the last thing he said. Let me look it up here. He said, this isn't about accolades. This, this is about right now. Dame and CJ both are currently playing better than Westbrook. Dame would have had 50 tonight, too, if he didn't sit out the fourth. Okay. So in his mind, when he was saying that Dame and CJ were better, he was talking about that moment. And that's fair for his argument. My argument is there's different ways to look at this 
Therefore, it's debatable. So at that point, we're talking about apples and oranges almost. So my response was, I, which is my code for, you know, okay, that's fine. You know, I don't care that much. I'm out. And I didn't say anything else about it. I was done. Moved on. Okay. So fast forward to, (laughs) you know, six days later. You are listening to the Blazer Focus Podcast. We'll be right back after a short break. So fast forward to, <laughs> you know, six days later, uh, the Blazers had a, a great game against uh, the Kings. Uh, Lillard gets done with uh, his question, answering my question, excuse me. And you heard the audio. Now, here's an understanding of where I was head, headspace wise at that moment. So the game ends and I have to post a quick recap like now like within probably 10 to 15 minutes of the game ending. So I've got multiple screens up. <laughs> I, I use two screens. I have multiple windows. I use two different browsers. Like it's insane. Like I have like 12 different websites open. I'm looking at play by play. I'm looking at box scores, etc. So Terry Stotts went first. We all talked to him. I asked him a question uh, pertaining to what I was going to write about. Uh, he gets done and we're waiting for Nurkic or the next player ended up being Nurkic. So I'm transcribing stats to get some quotes. I've already sent in my story for print, which is a 9.45 deadline. I get that in at like 9.47. And then I'm chasing a correction into that because I had something off kilter and I wanted to add a, a stat. So I send that in and then I post my story and I'm trying to add quotes from stats. Nurkic comes up. He's being interviewed. I ask Nurkic a question and then when he gets done. I go back to uh, doing my thing. And then I think McCullum was next. Same thing. I think, yeah, I think he was. And then Lillard was last, I believe. Uh, don't quote me on that. Anyway. Um, so then Lillard comes up now <laughs> Lillard comes up and no one has their hand raised in the zoom, uh, queue, which I'm like, I need a, I need someone. I need people. Like I was hoping three or four or five people would have their hands up and ask questions so I could get caught up on some of the things while I'm listening and then ask my question. No one has that going. There's, there's no question up. He sits down and I'm thinking, okay, so if no one's going to have a question, he's going to get up and leave, which never happens. Usually someone will chime in with one at some point, but we're all responsible for contributing to the interview. So I'm like, well, no one else has raised your hand. I'm going to raise my hand. So I get my hand up. I ask the question. You heard it. He answers it. So the moment when I say, thank you, I'm starting to go back into my mode of what I was doing before while preparing to listen to the rest of the interview. So when he says to me, also, I saw your tweet saying me and CJ weren't the best backcourt in the league. That completely caught me off guard. One, I was not mentally in the the frame that he was going to still be talking to me. Like, so when he first said it, I was kind of like, is he talking to me? Two, I didn't know what he was talking about it caught me off guard that much. Like I, 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 I debate and, and tweet so much and there's so much going on in the world too. Like, like the seventh, uh, was the day after the insurrection, right? I got two teenagers. I have a puppy. I've covered three games since then. I'm like, you know, my life's a zoo. Our, our house is a circus. So for me to just instantly recall some debate I had six days prior at that moment in time, in the middle of a zoom press conference with other reporters, 
was literally requ- it required me to go to th- search through my mental Rolodex because anyone who knows me, it's like, I've probably had 35 debates since then. <laughs> right. So I'm like, calculating. That's why there's this pause. And, and then I, I say today, because I'm like, did I have this today? Did I tweet something earlier and I forgot about it? Like, I, I don't understand. And then as he's saying, well, it couldn't have been today because, you know, after the way we performed, then I remembered, oh, and then he's, and I start to say something and he brings up Washington and like, okay, he's talking about that. And I'm thinking, man, that was a long time ago. So then I started to answer and that's why I'm like, I, I, because he kept talking and I don't want to talk over him. And then he, I got a window and I chimed in and I just said, Hey, I raised it as an option because someone said there was no contest. So I said, well, what about Beal and Westbrook? <laughs> so I'm, I'm admitting to saying what he's accusing me of saying, but I'm, I'm saying that I didn't say necessarily that they weren't the best. I just raised the question that, Hey, why not Beal and Westbrook? And then at that point, it's like, I'm not going to sit there and give a total rundown of every one of my tweets because a it's a, it's a post game press conference. There's a bunch of reporters waiting to ask their question and they have deadlines or they want to get their work done or, you know, whatever they need to do after the job, how much like the last thing anyone wants to hear is me and Lillard debating each other about who's the best backcourt duo in the NBA. So I just, he, he accused me of saying something. I processed it, realized, okay, he's talking about that. And then I told him what I said. Now there's more I said, but I figured at that moment, if he, if he wants to go further with it, that's going to be on him. He's going to have to lead that. Cause he, he led us from my question ending into this discussion about what I said last week. He led that. And then I went along with him. But once I, answered the question or, or copped to what I had said, I'm not going to go any further. Now, had he said, justify that, or what are you talking about? Or you're crazy. Then I probably still would have just been like, well, I mean, it's just an opinion. I'm not, I don't think we should argue about this here. Obviously you guys are great because I'm mindful of the other reporters. They don't, no one wants to hear a reporter in a subject argue. Um, so he, he just gave me that stare and I was like trying to figure out if he was like seriously angry. And I kept waiting for him to like smile or say something snarky, like, okay, well, we'll see. You know, we'll see the rest of the season. You go ahead and you stick with Bill and Westbrook. We'll see or something like that. I don't know. But the way he looked ahead at me, it was like, I cannot figure out if he's like really upset about this. And it would have blown me away because I don't know why anyone would get upset about that. Again, like I said before, I'm not comparing them to scrubs. I'm just saying, hey, there's an argument. You know, here's an argument. You know, someone says, you know, John Stocks is John Stockton is the greatest small point guard ever. I'm gonna be like, what about Isaiah Thomas? What about Steve Nash? What about Iverson? Oh, is he a two guard or is he a point guard? I don't know. Let's talk about that. If someone said, you know, Kareem's the greatest center ever. What about Bill Russell? What about Walt? Like uh, Walton, you know, in his prime when he was before he got injured. What about uh, Chamberlain, Shaq, et cetera, et cetera? Like Olajuwon, Ewing. Um, this, that's what sports is about. That's you know, it's one of the things we do in sports is we discuss and debate who's the best. That's what makes it fun. Um, so the idea that this, you know, would have upset him would have been like bizarre to me. But I truly inside did not believe he was angry. 
Like, I just think he just felt like he wanted to call me out on it and then just leave it at that, which is fine. But I just found the reaction to be amusing because it's so insignificant and meaningless in the long run. You know, this team's goal is to try and win a championship. Their two guards are playing amazing. CJ is absolutely killing it. He's taken another step in his evolution. He's averaging 28 a game, top three or four. You know, he's got a chance to be an all-star for the first time. Most of me lean to the to the side of he's not really mad. He's just flicking me some some crap. But I was just hoping to see some kind of indication that that was the case. But anyway, that's how it went down. That's what happened. You know, it's unfortunate that we you know we're in a pandemic, um, which has destroyed a lot of people's lives and and created havoc for all of us in in our business. Which you know I'm not whining or complaining at all. I have a job. I'm watching basketball for a living. We're still getting our work done. We're still doing Zoom interviews. Um, but in you know, in normal times, you know, I would be I would be at practice. I'd be in the locker room before games, you know, and during surgery round, after games, et cetera. And there would have been more exchanges and dialogue between Lillard and myself up until now, to where probably if he had if he saw me say that last week probably in a post-game locker room or a pre-game shoot-around, he would have called me out like the next day or something, not waited that long uh, and done it on Zoom. Um, but anyway, so anyway, that's that's all I want to say. It's, you know, these things happen in sports. I've been called out by people before. Um, I think it's fair. I think if a, if a subject matter has an issue with something you've said or written, I think it's important that they say something. Um, because you know, they could be right and they could have a different perspective that you didn't consider. Um, signals get crossed. There's, there's things we're not privy to. Um, and if they feel like you didn't paint the correct picture, uh, I want them to tell me, please let me know. And if it's legitimate, I'll be like, Oh, okay, that makes sense. And then I've even in the past when that's happened, I've written something to sort of reset the record straight, uh, you know, because it's, it's only fair. So anyway, that's what happened. All y'all out there who want to claim I'm a hater. Like here's the last thing I'm gonna say about this. Someone said to me, why are you covering the Blazers? If you don't like them, (laughs) like, what are you talking about? What, what have I said or done? That means I don't like them. I said, this person is not my job to be a fan. It's not, you know, more traditional news organizations, their, their job, their goal is to be objective. There's plenty of fan sites out there, obviously. I, don't, I can't even keep track of how many fan Instagram and Twitter sites there are and websites and podcasts. It's like that's their job to go on air with you know wearing Blazer gear uh, to clearly be biased toward their team. That's their, that's their thing, and that's fine. Since I'm objective... If I enter that fray, of course, I'm going to seem negative because I'm objective. I'm on the fence. So I'm giving you positive. I'm giving you negative. You know, but the hilarity is that all the positive things I've written about this team, even with like, for example, when the sky was falling and they were three and four, even when they were three and three, I wrote an article like basically devoted to saying, hey, they've played the toughest schedule they've played a tougher schedule than anyone with a above 500 record. And they've played 
ridiculous host of former MVPs and former all-stars and former scoring champs. Like it, it only made sense that their defensive rating would be, you know, where it was. I mean, you might want to be higher, but Hey, that's life. Whereas other teams had played much lesser defenses, much lesser overall teams. So of course their record and their defensive ratings were better. They should be. And I wrote that when they were three and three, they went out and got upset by Minnesota they had a 10 of 12 game stretch coming up and I was saying they need to win nine of three. Well, after losing the, to Chicago, they won four straight heading into Indiana and they're going to be favored in every game. They have a chance to, they have a legit chance to go 11 and one during that stretch, let alone nine and three, even after losing to Chicago. So, I mean, every, almost everyone I saw was being negative on Twitter. Fire starts, defense sucks. We should be beating these teams. How is this happening? How Curry gets 62? This is ridiculous. Blah, 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 blah. And I pointed out the schedule coming up and they're four and one, uh, within that, that group. Now it's Minnesota, it's Sacramento twice. It's a struggling Toronto team, but still they're four and one. That's how you do it. You stack up these wins against the teams you're supposed to beat. Uh, so I'm not super negative. I wrote a super positive story, uh, about the bond between Dame and CJ and how that would make trading CJ for Harden, you know, a difficult thing. Was that negative? No. Uh, so, you know, the idea that I was being adversarial because I just said, Hey, maybe these two guys are just as good. It's just lunacy. Uh, anyway, so that's all I have on that topic. I find these types of things fascinating. I find them interesting. I find the reactions interesting because a lot of people just don't understand the ins and outs. So I want to just explain sort of blow by blow, uh, what the entire situation was. Some of you will scoff and whatever, Ventress, you, blah, blah, yeah, fine, whatever. I'm, everything I've said here today is 100% truth based on my decades of experience as a journalist in general, sports and news. So take it as you will. Thanks for listening to the Blazer Focus Podcast. Again, I'm Aaron Fentress, a Blazers writer for The Oregonian and OregonLive.com. I will have more episodes coming up next week on Tuesday. Time to be announced. I will do a live video on Facebook and YouTube with Joe Freeman. We will cover the season to date and several different issues that will certainly be going on with the team between now and then as they continue to stack wins during this current home stretch.